Welcome to How She Creates. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Lauren. And we're here to take you behind the scenes with all your favorite artists to learn how they create. We'll discuss creativity, tips, tools, inspiration, and life as an artist. We hope these conversations leave you encouraged to make more stuff and share it with the world. Hello, ladies. I'm so excited to be talking with you today. Hi. Hey. Um, Lauren, can you introduce us for those who still don't know who you are? Yes. So I am Lauren. You can find me on the internet as Lauren Likes Blog. And I also host this show. So you hear my voice a lot. Um, Kaylee and I founded Get Messy Art Journal together. And so you can also find me over there on the blog and on their Instagram, which is just Get Messy Art Journal. So I live in Korea with my husband. We work at an American international school. So I am an elementary school counselor by day. And then at night, I I make things and so we travel a lot and I do a lot of crafting revolving around making stuff from our travels awesome yeah um I feel like people should know you by now already <laughs> I hope if so they know who I am then they know who you are Amy, can you introduce yourself? Of course. Yeah. So I'm Amy Tan. I have a company called Amy Tangerine. It was founded in 2001 when I was a freelance fashion stylist in Atlanta and I started making t-shirts and I started a business somewhat on accident and it evolved and grew from t-shirts to now what is creative consulting, scrapbooking, paper crafts. I also have my own collection with American Crafts. I have some online classes and I do videos for YouTube. I have a website, amytangerine.com and I am on Instagram and I just love creating and traveling and getting to know like-minded individuals and ladies especially. And I am working on some really cool creative things that I can't wait to talk to you guys about. But right now I have um, a lot going on and I'm excited to talk to you about traveling because it's so fun. Yeah, I feel like we're kind of wasting an episode in talking to you just about traveling, but I feel like it's such an interesting thing to, I mean, I don't know, to like think of as creative. Oh, definitely. I think it's something that a lot of people either aspire to do or they try to infuse it as much as they can into their lives, whether it's like one big trip a year or, you know, small mini trips or staycations. I feel like you can look at travel in so many different ways that it applies to everybody, not so much scrapbooking. You know, I think that a lot of people like it, but it doesn't apply to everyone necessarily. Yes, absolutely. I know you feel the same way, Lauren, about travel not only being something where you go overseas and spend like a month in a, in a new country, but also about um, exploring your own town. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of my favorite things is that, you know, we did move overseas. And so we do travel about once a month and people are like, oh, that must be so nice. You know, we can't do that. And, and I just think, you know, if you just looked around you, you would see so many things that you didn't notice before or so many places you haven't been. You know, even in my hometown, there are events and festivals and places that happen every year that I drive by all the time and I never stop at. And if you stopped at it, you would feel absolutely like a tourist because you had never been there before. And so people, you know, 
fantasize that travel has to be such a big thing. But if you just look around and look for new experiences, you can absolutely find them um, right in your hometown. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you guys are both coming from two completely different sides of travel, I feel, um, with you being in Asia, Lauren, and you being in America, Amy. Yeah, so I'm in Los Angeles, and I've been here for about 13 years. And what's interesting is that so many people come to visit LA and they might have a certain outlook on it, but when they actually come and visit and spend some time or they maybe explore the area with a local, I think it's a completely different experience. And I find that that applies to anywhere you go. You might have this certain outlook when you think of Los Angeles as, oh my gosh, it's so crowded. There's so much traffic. Um, and then since living here, I thought I was only going to be here for five years, but it turned out that I fell in love with it and I've just ended up staying. And I love the fact that people come from all over the world. It's a really international city. There's a lot of great food. And I agree with Lauren, you know, if you just look around your own place where you're living, if you have the kind of mindset and desire to explore the way you do when you're traveling, you can look at your, the place that you live and appreciate so many little things that you probably would have never seen before or thought of in a certain light. Yeah. Let's talk about um, tips for exploring your own home in the eyes of a traveler. Do you have any idea, like practical ideas for listeners? Well, one of the things that I love doing is I there are certain places that I love going, whether it's restaurants or cafes or the beach, uh, touristy kind of destinations that people would love to see, but they wouldn't necessarily know about them. So when people come into town, I tend to gravitate towards taking them to some of the more unknown places that I happen to frequent. And I think finding that local perspective on it really brings to light something that's a little bit different, a little bit unique. Sometimes I like to do crazy things like take people to different murals and walls or, you know, different locations where we can take pictures of them because we have to document the journey, but also uh, things that they can see and museums and just try to take them to the things that they could definitely find as recommendations in a 48 hour New York times travel guide, but also things that they may not expect to be wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think my biggest one would be to go on a photo walk. You know, when I was home this summer, the sunset was really pretty. And so I grabbed my mom and we went literally to our neighbor's yard. He had just bailed all the hay in his yard and we took some of my favorite pictures. Um, and I had literally never walked into his yard before. And so, I mean, it was, it's like a giant field. Um, but I've lived there 20 years, maybe, you know? And, and so it was just that simple of just noticing something and just picking up my camera and walking outside. Um, and I, like I said, I got some amazing shots and, and just stopping um, whenever you see something that you think you like and you're like, oh, that would probably be a cute picture. And then you just keep going, you know, so stop and take the time to actually notice that and capture those little details and those things um, or go on an actual photo walk and say, you know, I'm going to 
go for and not come home until I have 10 pictures um, and, you know, 10 pictures of things that I've never taken a picture before and see what you can find. Yeah, I love photo walks. Um, in 2013, uh, I think I read it out on Sabine's blog that she went on photo walks. And for me, it's so awkward just to leave the house and take photos around, especially in Germany, because people don't look at you the same way when you're taking photos, like in these small towns, like no one does that. Um, so in 2013, I went on themed ones. So one time the theme was circles. And then every time I saw a circle that was interesting to me, I just quick take a quick photo of it, um, take some time to acknowledge it and see the beauty of my neighborhood in a, in a different way that I hadn't before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually went on a photo walk that Sabine, she posted about world national, that's not the right word, world photo walk day. And, um, and so I signed up and went on it. There's a world photo walk day. What? Yes. And so literally people can register on this site. We'll, we'll find the, the website. Um, and so someone can become an organizer for your town. And then you sign up through that person's link that's on the world photo walk day site. Um, and so I went and met really cool people, took pictures I wouldn't have. Again, took some of my favorite pictures that I've taken. Um, and I just would have never, and it was totally a tourist spot that we never go to because it's super crowded. Um, but and I signed up for that walk, I wouldn't have, you know, had that opportunity and looked at that so differently. Yeah. I love that. I'm signing up for sure. You got to get that date. I think that um, photography is such a great way to make traveling artistic. Um, do you think that traveling itself is intrinsically inspirational? Um, do you feel like it's in, like it's creative and it makes you creative so that you can go home and then be creative? Or do you think that the act of traveling is itself creative? For me, I love traveling and creating on the go. Part of the reason is because I found out that I have a hard time sitting still. And so I tend to want to keep my hands busy or I want to learn about new things. So let's say I'm only reading for a little while and then I want to journal and jot some things down. I also find that my memory is rather poor. So it helps me to take photos, to take the notes, to take brochures, business cards, because it helps me recall that moment. So documenting has become a large part of my life and it is totally inspiring to me to not only be in the moment and travel and explore and see things, but also to creatively figure out ways to remember them and recall them. Sometimes I do it when I'm on the trip and sometimes I do it when I get back. It just depends on the kind of trip we're taking and who I'm with. I find that when I'm alone is when I get the best journaling done. It's a little harder with a toddler these days. Yes. Sometimes I think that the act of traveling itself is creative enough. Um, you know, especially when we started traveling internationally, I remember those first few weeks and those first few trips that we took where everything was so much brain work because nothing was in English, nothing made any kind of sense to me. I didn't know where anything was. And so it was so much work to figure it out. Um, that I think sometimes traveling 
is creative in itself because you're spending all of that creative energy solving problems and figuring things out. Um, and so, yeah. And so sometimes I can come back from a trip and not really have, you know, made anything or documented anything per se, but I do feel um, inspired. And, and sometimes it's just that time away from creating that I need that I come back and I'm like, okay, I miss this and I'm ready to get back into this. Um, and then sometimes, you know, it, I do create while I travel and I'm super intentional about that. So it just depends, like Amy said, on the type of travel we're doing and who we're with for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm with Amy on this one. I prefer when I'm documenting while I'm traveling. Like I prefer the end result for that. But there is something to be said for waiting till you get home and waiting until you're a bit more relaxed. You know, if you're going on a beach holiday, then it's really nice to sit at the sea with your journal. Um, but if you're going, okay, I don't do this, but if you go on like a partying holiday, then maybe wait until home. You know. <laughs> We're all old ladies We're like go on a partying holidays. There's this thing called drinking. I don't know. <laughs> so what do you do to stay creative while you're traveling without going insane? <laughs> well, um to be honest with you, I think it helps to just take a little bit of something that you feel drawn to like journaling or, you know, you can take a little notebook and a tape runner or glue stick and a little pair of scissors. And I found that you could do a lot with just that. Let's say you don't necessarily have a lot of space to have a lot of supplies out. I like to rip stuff out of magazines on the airplane. I know people who take, you know, just a pen and and start doodling. I think that there's so much creative expression that you can have if you feel inspired, as long as you have a few simple materials with you. Yeah. So you don't rely to, you don't rely on a kit too much then. I don't. I mean, I try not to these days because I found that I put too much pressure on myself because my creative work is actually my profession. Now I want to be able to divide that time and actually have, you know, delegated time to relax or to actually take stuff in and not feel pressure. So if I take a bunch of supplies with me, I feel like there's something hanging over my head where sometimes I can't enjoy the moment. Other times, if there is downtime, then I do feel bad if I'm not taking advantage of it by documenting something or taking photos. But I do think that nowadays, since we feel so connected through our devices, I think one of the things that would drive me crazy is not knowing whether I would have Wi-Fi or not. I think so much of it is a mindset. If I know that I'm not going to have Wi-Fi, I need to have something to keep my hands busy. But if I go somewhere and the Wi-Fi is shoddy and I'm upset because I couldn't upload a photo or something, that's something that I just personally need to work on. But I depend on technology so much and connecting with other people that I really rely on Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Lauren, I know that you are the complete opposite and that your idea of a minimalist travel art kit is like three bags of stuff. So do you okay. want to talk about your problem? <laughs> that is a lie. Um, no. So my problem is a little bit of hoarding, but I'm getting so much better at it. We talked about this in another episode. Um, so now I'm going to be branded as the hoarder. 
Um, yeah. So my trick, I guess, best tip is to be super way over organized and planned whenever I travel craft. Um, so I've taught a couple of different classes on how I do this. And so pretty much what I do is I pre-make everything before I go on a trip. And so when I go, I have, I know exactly what kind of book I'm going to make, what colors I'm going to use, what size photos I'm going to use everything. Because if not, I just get too overwhelmed with everything, all the stuff, all the pictures, what am I going to do? Um, so pre-planning and pre-deciding helps me so much. And it even helps me while I'm documenting, you know, do I need more pictures that are, you know, vertical or horizontal or square? Um, and so that that just helps me a ton. And so it helps me, you know, figure out how I need to pack because like Kaylee said, I do get kind of decision paralysis, but also, you know, the FOMO, the like fear of missing out. Like what if I get there and I don't have my watercolors and they're the one thing that I desire in the whole world. Um, and so then of course I don't use my watercolors the whole time, but I, I lug them around everywhere I go. Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree with Amy. The less I have, the better my stuff is. I know that for sure is the truth, but I do. I have the fear when I'm packing and I and I definitely overpack. Yeah, I'm teasing you now, but when we went to Budapest and you had all your stuff, I was quite happy because then I could use your stuff and not have to carry it around. <laughs> yes, you're so welcome for that. Yeah. I also, just disclaimer, I had been on like a two month long trip and you were on a three day trip. So, you know, I needed more things. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So I have a question for Amy. So Amy, what do you think is the most creative trip you've ever been on or like the trip that you came back the most inspired by? Gosh, you know, it's hard to say because honestly, I have a few on my list, but the one that comes to mind is actually one that was taken when I turned 30. It was a birthday gift to myself and it was a trip organized by two creatives, uh, Emily Falconbridge and Tara Whitney. Tara Whitney's a photographer. Emily is a scrapbooker. Well, she used to be. And they planned this trip called Find Yourself and it was in Thailand and it was basically 12 ladies going to Thailand and exploring, taking photos, documenting, making art, just really enjoying the week that we had to explore both. Uh, we were in Bangkok and Phuket. And I think that that really, obviously it was a trip designated for creativity and for, I mean, it was called find yourself. And so I think the, coolest part of that journey was that everybody has a story to tell and everybody was there for different reasons. And we all came away feeling so fulfilled in creative energies and within our lives with whatever we were looking for at the time. I think I was struggling with turning 30 because my twenties were so much fun and I didn't know how it could get better than that. And I was so wrong because my thirties have been so much better and I think that, you know, we travel for so many different reasons. And one of the things that I learned on that trip was that everybody can experience the same thing, but get something different out of it, whether it be positive or negative. I mean, thankfully, everything was positive out of that trip. But um, that's what makes me 
kind of look at life differently now because I saw so many different things, whether it's, you know, the poor people, um, you know, trying to make their way with their kids, but the kids were so happy and they're just, you know, walking the streets of Bangkok without shoes on, but they just seemed so happy. And you're just looking at them and they're, rather simple life and the things that make them so fulfilled. And it kind of made me realize that, you know, I don't really need that much as far as material stuff goes to make me happy. And I know that sounds really weird because I went from one tangent to the other, but I just remembered it was like a very clear visual of this kid that came running up to us and they wanted, they wanted to see our digital cameras because they hadn't really seen them before. So they came running up and they wanted to see what we were looking at and take a picture. And, you know, she didn't have any shoes on and her mom, I don't know. It was just like one of those moments where you're just like, wow, this is so, this is so beautiful. She's just so happy just seeing us. And we're just so happy seeing her smile and laugh, laugh at us taking photos of everything. (laughs) That's intense. I have not had a trip like that. Really? No, nothing that's been like life changing. Oh, I'm sure you have. I think it's just about recognizing it. I mean, and on the other side of it, you know, one of my favorite trips was going to South Africa and and seeing being on safari. And I don't know, there's just so many. And I think that there's always good, even if bad stuff happens, I feel like you can find good things that happen along the way. For example, we went to Europe one time and I mean, we spent only one night in Madrid, two nights in Barcelona, and then three nights in Paris. And I don't know what we were thinking, trying to mix everything in, but we were so exhausted and we were having dinner, trying to enjoy ourselves and trying to see as much as we could. And we were like, you know what, just, let's just give up and go back to the hotel. And then we realized that JC had left his Kindle on the plane and there were just all these things going wrong. But we learned so much from that trip. Like you can't cram so much in because you really won't enjoy every aspect of it. It's okay to schedule in downtime. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to see everything when we're away and traveling because we think it's the once in a lifetime thing and we spent all this money on it, but it's okay to take a deep breath and just say, I just want to go back to the hotel and read for a little bit, except when you lose your Kindle. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Downtime is a big one. I think there's a lot of guilt about traveling and not wanting to be in the hotel. I think that's why yes, documenting I, I think that's why documenting your travels is so important because I know I've been on a few trips and I'll get back and I'll have a finished travel journal with me and maybe the trip was average to me and then two months later I look back at the mini book and I like I just see it in a whole different way, you know. I think it's such a cool way to capture a snapshot and capture that moment of saying, oh gosh, this is how I experienced it and this is how I saw it. And when you look back on it, sometimes it's, you know, you look back on your life and there are moments that stand out and maybe they weren't so funny at the time and, or just, you know, you said you didn't take a life-changing trip. I bet you, if, if you really sat down and thought about it, there were trips that have impacted your life heavily and made you think of the way you either view the world or look at life on a daily basis in a different way. Mm. Maybe I need to look back at those many books. 
Yeah, you need to just, yeah. So I went through a period where I would make stuff and never look at it. And I thought, what am I doing? You know, I would just be over it because the trip was over. The experience of documenting was over. And then I would just put it away. And people ask me, well, what do you do with all these mini books? And I was like, I don't know. I think they're in a bin somewhere. I mean, that that should not be the way. It should be shared. It should be looked at. Yep. I feel you. I'm busy moving my art room into another room now to make space for the baby. And I moved all my uh, mini books and Project Life albums and all of that now. And I was just thinking, oh, my gosh, this is way too much. That's interesting. I went through a similar process. I actually have to move back into my old studio. And um, I think it was after Jack was born. I went through Project Life and I did that for a while and it was great. But then I felt so much guilt around feeling like I was falling behind. And then I started realizing I have all these scrapbook pages, 12 by 12 from before Jack was born. And now I don't, not that I don't care about life before Jack was born, but I really don't need seven albums documenting my life uh, from before that time. I could actually pick out the pages that I really want to keep. And I know this sounds awful, but I have actually been getting rid of pages. I know. I, I think people are cringing everywhere. but And I kind of cringe too. But I found that there were some projects, let's say I used the same picture on other layouts because I had an assignment or I wanted to show off different products. But they don't hold meaning for me anymore. And it doesn't, it's not wise for me to keep that just because I spent a few hours on it. And I, you know, if Look, if people have, I don't have that much space. I live in Los Angeles. We have a house and everything, but I really want to be more mindful about the memories that I want to keep and store. I know that sounds ridiculous because I'm a total hoarder too, Lauren. I keep every single little thing, but I'm really trying to work on it and be better about that. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah. I totally understand um, the want to throw things away and to like get, not get rid of, but like cleanse things that don't hold meaning to you anymore. But maybe like there's a happy medium. Are you digitizing those, those layouts? You know, I am for some, but honestly, I'm not taking the time to photograph everything and then edit those pictures. I'm just kind of photographing it and then, filing it away on my hard drive. And I don't think that I know myself and I won't go back and go through all those. I take a lot of photos and I take, I feel like I have a lot of good memories and I have a lot of mini books too. So I think that's where I've really learned that documenting and scrapbooking and obviously it's an industry, right? So I'm part of that industry where I want to promote my products and I want people to buy them and I want to produce more and inspire people to document their memories in scrapbook pages, project life pages, as well as mini albums. But I think it gets to a point where you have to find what works for you. And it's okay to give yourself permission to say, you know what, that was working for a long time, but it's just not sustainable for me. Hmm. Yes, I know. That's like like a, I know. It's, like, <laughs> it's so bad. I know. I think I should probably, it's almost like therapy for me to go through it, to acknowledge it and to look through it and then say, okay, that was great. And look, I haven't thrown away like massive albums or anything. And I haven't thrown away this huge stack of pages, um, but I am going through them and, you know, 
I'm trying to be a little bit more diligent about what I bring back to my studio since I have to move again for the second time this year. I really want to be mindful of what I bring back. Kaylee and I have both been through the same purge, like moving overseas. You just have to make cuts and you have to decide what can go and what can stay and what can your mom store and for how long before she's <laughs> tired of it, you know, and it is hard, so but, but I, I do. I feel the same way. Um, so where I'm not judging you at all. I think it's good because I totally agree. I definitely make things just because, you know, and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I feel so bad throwing away. I, I made a big wall hanging, weaving kind of thing. And once I didn't like it anymore, I literally cut off the the yarn that I wanted to reuse for another project and just threw the rest of it away because I mean, there's just no reason to store stuff. And, you know, if we're going to move again soon, wh- where am I going to like, I'm not going to pay to ship something to the other side of the world that is literally trash that I'm never going to use again. Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's the whole life changing magic of tidying up, you know, you're like grateful for, you know, whatever purpose it served. And then you, you know, you got to let it move on. Totally agree. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Let's get back to traveling. How do you go from sucking in the beginning to the kind of level that you guys are when it comes to being creative with your travels? Were you always awesome? Did it take some time? Oh gosh. I think it it definitely takes time. It definitely develops over time. I think that I have loved journaling for, you know, as long as I can remember writing stuff down and I fell in love with markers and stickers at a very young age. So I have these awful little scrapbooks that I made uh, from when I was in high school, but there are such time markers of what was going on in my life. I have these quote books and quote journals. And I found that for me, what I love about actually documenting in a way that works for you or finding that process is that it is an exploration. And then you can cultivate it through not even traveling because one of my first travel journals that I remember keeping and working on was actually in 2001. And this is when digital cameras had basically just come out. And I took this little blank ring bound journal to Australia. And I had it somewhere on my blog, I believe. And it was just a really simple sketchbook, basically. And I stuck a koala sticker on the cover. And I cut out some magazine things in preparation for the trip. And I wrote down all my hotel information. I mean, you have to remember, this is like, I think I had a Palm Pilot, maybe. And the first DSLR camera that cost me, you know, $900 with this huge memory card that I think was like eight megabytes. So I mean, huge in size, you know, (laughs) but not in actual space. So I think that you have to remember at a time where it was the year 2000 and I was just traveling. It was the beginning of 2001 and life was a lot different then. So I carried a glue stick and now I'm reverting back to that way of documenting because I can always take the time later on when I'm in the studio with all my stuff and I want to make a 12 by 12 scrapbook page and I want to use my watercolors and all those fancy Tim Holtz distress things that I have, you know, and I think that it's okay to, Find something that works for you and recognize that it'll work for a little bit. What I found that doesn't work for me is delaying it. Okay. So if I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I wish I had this. I wish I had that with me instead of, okay, so I can have that thought and then let it pass and say, you know what I do have with me? I have my pen. I have this sketchbook. I'm horrible at sketching, but I'm going to take a picture of it and I'm just going to write my thoughts down. I'm going to you know, do three sentences and take 10 minutes every day to document something so that I will remember it. And then later on, I can actually take the time and print out the size photos that I want and document it in a way where I use all the fun supplies. I love that. I think there's such great advice in that. Um, I really like the idea of reverting back to basics, you know, I think that there's just so many products on the market and so much um, different techniques that we're aware of now, thanks to Pinterest and all of that, that going back to, here's the memory, here's the photo, you know, like that's it. I like, I really like that idea like of this is what counts and, you know, ignore all this stuff. Like the stuff just makes it better, elevates it maybe, but yeah, when it comes down to it, it's about the memories. Well, one of the tips that I learned too is if you are taking a photo of scenery, let's say, and you're trying to get that perfect shot of either, you know, I don't know anything. If you're traveling somewhere, you want the perfect shot of the Eiffel Tower at night, for example. There are professionals who've been paid a lot of money to take that photo, go buy a postcard. Do not stress about taking yes. the perfect photo of the Eiffel Tower at night because it's really difficult. I mean, unless that's your thing, unless you just love photography so much and that's what you want to do. I personally don't want to carry around a tripod with me to set up a shop that is like that. So instead we watched the Eiffel Tower light up from a boat on the river. And we were the ones who were prepared because somebody told me that you can take a bottle of wine and cheese and bread. And we were on the top deck watching the sun go down. And then we saw the lights come on in the Eiffel Tower. And that is forever ingrained in my head as opposed to trying to set up for the perfect picture. Does that make sense? Like if it takes away from the moment that you're actually experiencing, I suggest you don't do it or you let go of it and buy a postcard. Seriously, buy a postcard, buy lots of postcards. They make your scrapbook albums look amazing. I promise. (laughs) I think that's such a great tip. tip. When, when I was in the Vatican with my mother, she kept asking me to take photos of all the different artworks. And I mean, if you've ever been to the Vatican, it's insane. I mean, the stuff's on the roof. It's on the sides. There's so many people there. Eventually after a while, I just said, okay, yes, mom, I've taken all these photos and then I googled the pictures and just got like the Wikipedia pictures and put that into the camera album for my mother I love it that's so awesome <laughs> yeah I like that too yeah <laughs> yeah I feel like this is like traveler's therapy yeah sorry no. I didn't mean to mean to turn it into this <laughs> No, it's so awesome because I think that's the problem you know I love my mom and I know she's listening to this um but she takes probably a thousand pictures to my 10. What are your thoughts on sharing your travels? Um, I know, Amy, you do this on YouTube and Lauren, you do it through Instagram. Do you think that sharing your travels in this way um, adds to the creative side or is it just sharing because you're addicted to Wi-Fi and you need to be connected to the world? Um, I think for me, it's, it's kind of twofold. Um, so I think travel photography is my 
absolute favorite. Whenever I look back at my Instagram feed, the pictures that I have taken on vacation are absolutely always my favorite pictures because they're so vivid and bright and interesting. Um, and you know, I mean, they hold such great memories for me. And so those are definitely my favorite. I love to walk around and take pictures of things. And then I love to edit them and I love to share them. And um, so I, I love that whole process, but it also serves as the best itinerary for me. So, you know, our phones are just amazing. And so even if I am taking pictures with my big camera um, or for whatever reason, I will always snap a picture of wherever we're at so that I can get the geotag and the date just in case I forget or, you know, it takes me a few days to catch up on my journaling. Um, and so I can always use my camera roll slash my Instagram feed to give me a quick walkthrough of what was happening over my trip. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I just, our phones are amazing and they, they do that so perfectly for us. Um, Yeah. So for me, I love doing the videos and the vlogs, I guess they're called for traveling because I feel like people can experience it with you through your eyes. Now I've gotten to the point where I only travel with basically my iPhone and my little G7X and I don't take a DSLR with me. And I rarely even take pictures other than on my phone. It's just gotten to the point for me that's easier to edit a quick picture and I think that I don't enjoy spending too much time on the computer, which is kind of ironic because videos take forever to edit. But I think that through that process, it really has made me feel like I can document the memory either by my phone or my G7X through video and then compile it all and edit it and relive those memories. I think that's why I like scrapbooking so much because it gives you an opportunity to kind of reflect back on those travel moments or just life moments and say, Oh wow, that was so awesome and acknowledge it. And then also have something to share. The reason I love sharing the travel one so much is because I like showing people that you can do a lot, but you can also do whatever it is that inspires you. So if I inspire one person to look at where they're going differently or experience, you know, let's say Disneyland, for example, I was like, why would anybody want to watch our Disneyland vlog? But honestly, people love that one. They just love seeing either Jack's face light up or me just experiencing the rides for, you know, the second time it's a small world and all those little things that people want to kind of live vicariously through. I think that's what I love about video and Instagram is that, you know what, maybe I don't want to go visit that Buddhist temple again, but somebody else who's gone there and posted a pretty picture of it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I was there and it was so awesome. And it was amazing. And no, I don't ever have to go there again. <laughs> you know, I think that it's okay to say that too. Not everybody loves traveling, but I know because traveling can be a pain in the butt. And, you know, I think that that's the not so glamorous side of it. But even when somebody's talking about being delayed or going through an experience that they is not desirable through their travels, I think people look at it like, oh, but you're still going to Hawaii. You're still going to an exotic place because I travel a lot for work and I've actually taught in every single continent except for Asia. And I'm 
fixing that in November. So I am going to be teaching in Tokyo. But um, so I think that people see that as like, oh my gosh, you're so lucky you get to travel for work and you get to go to all these amazing places. Yes, it is amazing. I'm very grateful. I feel very blessed. But at the same time, it's not like I'm doing this thing where I can plan this huge trip the way Lauren plans out her albums beforehand and knows exactly what she wants to document. I don't do that at all. I have to prepare for work so that when I'm there, I can capture all the memories and experience it when I'm there at that moment. When I do those spotlight tours in Australia, we are go, go, go nonstop. And so for me to actually document it through a vlog or through scrapbooking later and taking those pictures, it's so important for me to document it in a way that's quick and easy and simplified so that I can actually like digest it later and share it in a way that's kind of in a format that other people can see. Yeah. Sorry, that's a little rambly, but <laughs> I just really want it, want people to know that you can experience travel on your terms, no matter what that is, whether it's preparing you know, a year in advance and getting all the research done and then going there and enjoying it and not even taking more than just a notebook and your watercolors and a pen and your favorite camera. And then going back home and then documenting it in a mini book, in scrapbook albums, however you want to do it. I think there's no wrong way to do that. Mm-hmm. And I just want you know people to understand that. Yeah. I think there's yeah. a lot of guilt if, if we don't document travels. You know, if you're spending a lot of money getting somewhere, there's, there's such, I don't know, self-created pressure on you to document and like you were saying you don't always have to have like a huge 12 by 12 album documenting your travels sometimes it it just is a few photos or a quick video or something it's whatever whatever felt right at the time it doesn't always have to be spectacular it's spectacular if you if you document if you take one photo on the trip then that's awesome yeah yeah Yeah, I know my husband went to Europe when he graduated uh, maybe high school or maybe after two years of college. I don't know. He went to Europe and he literally found the pictures a few years ago and he had like seven pictures and like four of them had his (laughs) finger in the picture, you know? And so he was like, oh my gosh, like I know you get on my nerves with how many pictures you take. He's like, I'm so grateful for them because I will find him like sitting over there looking at our albums and things. And he's like, I have nothing from this like life changing trip that I took, you know, because it was a long time ago before, you know, cameras and stuff were easy. Um, but he was like, I just didn't know what I was doing and it wasn't a priority. And, um, so yeah, so we're grateful for that now. Um, and so I, I know that, and I keep reminding myself that going forward, that I do want to document these trips in some way. And, you know, last summer we went on, you know, a huge trip again. And I kept saying, Oh, I'm going to document it, but I had like 5,000 pictures. And so finally I uploaded my Instagram feed from my vacation hashtag to chat books. And I printed out one book and it is my favorite book now because it's finished. It's beautiful. It costs like $12. And now I don't have to document 5,000 pictures. Um, I love that. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have to use technology to our advantage and not let it make us feel guilty. I think it's so easy to compare ourselves to other people's Instagram feeds or other people's lives. And we don't know so much of what goes into it. But I love the fact that you've just solved that problem of your 5,000 photos into one album that probably has, what, like 70 of the best photos that you would want to look at anyway. Nobody wants to look at 5,000 pictures of anybody's (laughs) photos, even if they're their own. Nobody. Yeah. yeah. I think developing and even your style of what you like is helpful because like I said, my mom will take, you know, 10,000 pictures to my, you know, hundred and she uses, you know, 300 of her pictures in a scrapbook album, <laughs> you know, and, and I can really quickly look, scroll through my Instagram and say, these are the 20 pictures that I'm going to, I'm going to scrapbook. Um, so just being able to kind of figure out what you like editing on the go. And then you kind of realize at the end, this is what I like. And this is what I need to use and not feel bad about those wasted pictures or those other things. And so, yeah, I think kind of figuring out what you like is, is important and just being okay with that. Yeah. And focus on what you can do instead of what you can't do. You know, so if you're on a trip and you're, I don't know, you want to take photos and your memory card's getting full or you're like, I'm taking too many photos, go ahead and edit those down, you know, do it right then so that you have more room to take the photos that you really want to keep and know yourself and give yourself the permission to say, you know what, I know how I am and I want a thousand pictures that I can go through later. Then that's, that's fine too. For me, I just know that my time is so limited with the things that I enjoy doing And I just don't enjoy that process of culling the photos later. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I'll never do that. I will. I know for sure. I will never go back through and delete, you know, triplets, (laughs) triplicates of photos. Never. Yeah. So that's funny because I love doing that. It's like the (laughs) highlight of coming back from a trip. (laughs) You know, getting, I don't know, 500 megabytes of photos down to 200 and and, um, backing them up on Google Drive. That makes me excited. I could find satisfaction in that. I could see that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So going on from these amazing tips that you're giving, if someone was going to Paris tomorrow, what three tips would you give her for documenting it or living her trip creatively? For me, I would repeat one one of the best trips that I had for the best trips that I had for um, traveling to Paris was go on that boat tour at sunset. So go on right right when it's still daylight and sunset's really late there. I think it's like it was like nine thirty when we were there, and so uh, definitely go on the trip when it's light out and then take your bottle of wine, bread, cheese, snacks, whatever. So you don't have to buy it on the boat and you can't buy it on the boat and then watch the Eiffel tower light up. And then two, I would say, take a little notebook with you and buy a lot of postcards. Yes. Postcards. Yeah. (gasps) Yeah. Um, okay. I think mine would be to take photos of details. I know that that's what people struggle with a lot. You know, if I look through, you know, my mom's camera roll, she's going to have a million photos of people standing in front of a monument, you know, and I really love the pictures that, um, you know, are really close up and are zoomed in. And they're like one special little thing that I loved, you know, 
texture or walls or, you know, where I stand photos, um, little I don't know, just little details that you find along the way. Um, so I, I would say to look for details along with getting those touristy pictures. Um, and I think a big one about journaling, I'm actually working on a new class about this right now, um, is to journal about the details and the moments that are important to you, like the moment in Paris that Amy's describing. You know, you don't need to list out every restaurant that you ate at that day and every street that you walked on because that's not the important thing. So you really want to sit and think through your senses and think through um, the the moments that you're in and you're like, this is it. This is why I came. You know, I never want to forget this moment. And you need to write that moment down and how you felt and what it looked like and what was around you and what was happening. Um, So don't worry about journaling and remembering every single thing that you did that day. Really remember the details of that moment. Um, And I think that my last tip would be to buy postcards. (laughs) We, I mean, we buy postcards everywhere we go and, And we just simply like write on the back and I'll put a little date stamp on it. And so at the end of my life, I would like to, you know, be able to open this one little photo album of postcards that I have and be like, this is everywhere that I went. And in three sentences, this is what every trip was. And so I can like pass that down and they don't, my family doesn't have to keep my million scrapbooks. They can have this one little postcard book of my like whole span of life in one book. I love that. Yes. I'm doing that too. I'm stealing that idea right now. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Those are great tips. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for chatting to me and thank you for dealing with my pregnancy brain. I can't wait to re-listen to what we chatted about because I think they are really, really great, great um, tips and gems in there. So thanks. Bye, ladies. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to How She Creates. We would love to see how you create. Share with us on Instagram using the hashtag HowSheCreates. If you love learning about creativity with us, please leave us a review and subscribe on iTunes. Grab your art supplies and we'll meet you back here next week for another episode of How She Creates.